0: Good morning. good morning. Nice to be with you this morning. And today, and that's good news, Carl. What happened, Carl? You know the massive improvement in her health. So praise God, that Jonathan there as well. So I just want to speak about really, you know, I think there's something we need our eyes open to. You know about God, and it's really that God is a supernatural God you know and if you look at the scriptures it dealt with people and it dealt even with nations in a way that was supernatural you know different individuals different things that happened with the nation of Israel and there's questions to be asked I'm going to read for Acts chapter 9 uh, about the conversion of the Apostle Paul but, but if you just turn to that and go to that maybe in a few minutes but there's questions to be asked you know, did, did individuals within the Old Testament and within the New Testament encounter God supernaturally? And did it happen in history? And is it still happening today? And can it happen today? And I believe the answer to those questions, every single one of them is yes. You know, God is a God the, super, the supernatural. It's still happening today. There's people testifying. Through for what I've been studying maybe in the last 14 years of experiencing God in a way where it's tangible like never before people all over the world and uh, even the creation story itself the Bible says God created the heavens and he created the earth and he says that the the earth was void and it had no form and he says the spirit of God began to hover over the face of the deep and God began to speak, let there be light, and there was light, let the light separate from the darkness, let the land, the dry, the dry land separate from the sea. And God began to bring creation into being, the plant life, the animal life, human beings, they created Adam out of the mud and breathed into his nostrils. Now that's supernatural, breathed into his nostrils, they took a rib from Adam and created Eve if you even look at the fact that a woman can have a child, they how, God, how we can reproduce, you know, it takes, you know, it takes faith. The people who don't believe that, that, people who believe that happened by chance, that all just happens, by, It just all fell into place and we, re- we can reproduce, you know, it's, they, 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 the people who believe that God never designed that, they actually they get more faith than us to believe that can happen by chance, you know, because it's, it's a creator. We can. Can do that. I think it's quite obvious. But when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt in the book of Exodus, it began to send the plagues upon Pharaoh and the nation of Egypt, began to send these plagues one after the other, after the other. You know what some of the plagues are. It was very, very supernatural. But salvation alone is supernatural. Jesus says you must be born again. And what does it mean? It means something supernatural happens on the inside of you. We are are born by the Spirit of God, born from above. And, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, that we were dead in our trespasses, but we have been made alive in Christ. In other words, our spirit is recreated. There's a part of us, our spirit, our spirit man was dead. The Bible says that we were in darkness, but we've been brought into his marvelous light. That is a massive, massive, massive change within a person's life, being born again, born from above, becoming a new creation. And a few months ago, I was thinking back to my own salvation. And I was thinking about it, you know, and I never realised this before, but my salvation was 20 years ago now. And I looked at the initial few months. And the change was absolutely massive and it hadn't done on me before. And this is the thing, see, you you, you might look back and you might see a massive change or visibly you might, you might not see a massive change, but it's got to be the same whether it's visible or not for for each person. It's got to be the same for each person what happens, because you kind of get half saved and you kind of get half born again. You know, it's got to happen in fullness. For each person who comes into a salvation experience your spirit is recreated you know you're dead and your trespasses but you are made alive in christ so i look, I look back to those initial few months and i've seen massive change you know i was in prison as some of you know seven nine years and i never engaged with nothing you know there was a gym right in the hall the home i was in there was a gym there was uh, groups that was on there was there was a workshed everything you could think of you know and i never engaged in nothing I, before i was saved i was just that place and when I god when i got born again you know the massive massive change when i began i came to life you know i really came to life i began to engage in different activities i started going to the gym you know i used to uh, my language was absolutely terrible you know every second word because i was so damaged was a, was a swear word and other profanities as well within the weeks that had stopped you know set free from addiction In those initial few months there was a massive change but then it began to kind of peter out and the change became much lower and you know how is that possible well jesus tells us he says when as soon as you get saved you can produce fruit but when you're not saved you can't produce any fruit if you read it already for john chapter 15. he says unless the branch is in the vine it cannot produce fruit but when it comes into the vine meaning Jesus Christ you begin to produce fruit he also says in that same passage he says for without me you can do nothing so he's saying an unsaved person can produce zero fruit but as soon as you come in to to, to a relationship with God he says you can produce 30 fold fruit and he says there's three levels of fruit everybody comes in at 30 there's a 30 there's a 60 and there's a hundred and he's taking it percentage wise a hundred being hundred percent you know a hundred meaning our salvation can reach its full potential where we can begin to produce 100 fold fruit but when you're not saved at zero then you get saved it's 30 fold that's some jump and you see, how is that possible to, to, to see such a jump in a person's life it's possible because of regeneration, because of such a change when a person gets saved. See, the Apostle Paul says this in the book of Titus, chapter three, and verse five, he says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, you can't, you can't get yourself safety sin, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration. We're regenerated, you know, we're made new, through the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. That is a massive change that takes place in a person's life and it begins to grow from that point onward. And even when the church was birthed in Acts chapter 2, it says there was 120 people in the upper room and they were praying for something to happen. Jesus told them, go and pray until the spirit is poured out upon you. And 120 people prayed for 10 days and God begins to pour out his spirit it never happened before not like that and they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. and the church of Jesus Christ was birthed you know this gospel is a supernatural gospel and it was birthed in the supernatural you know Peter begins to preach on the day of Pentecost and three thousand people come into a relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ you know a human being cannot make that happen Peter was just a man who with the holy spirit and God begins to work through him that 3,000 people became 5,000 people and this begins to spread you know to the four corners of the earth and you know I believe God wants us all to have something with him that's experiential you know he deals with us all differently but he really wants to encounter us in a way that is supernatural and how that plays out can vary for each person but it happens to individuals you know believing by faith that god is going to touch their life really believing for more of god the first six years i would say between 2002 and 2008 there was isolated occurrences where i experienced god in a way that's supernatural it was like one-off events some of them were, were in 2006 in struthers church in glasgow the saturday night meetings the power of god would come on me and i would begin to shake under the power of god for sometimes 10 minutes and 15 minutes and that happened to me multiple times in that church in, in 2006 and it really it was supernatural it brought a measure of healing and a measure of deliverance to my life at that time but in 2008 it was the 10th of august i had another experience with the holy spirit but i began to shake again just for a few minutes under the power of god and then it became more consistent you know i began to experience the presence of god in a, in a, con- a consistent basis and i really began to hear the voice of god in in different ways but re- mainly primarily through the scriptures the scriptures began to come alive and through this god began to restore me and strengthen me at a whole other level you know when he began to fill me really with, with, with the word of the lord you just the revelation knowledge of the scriptures and you know it's from then to now since that started you know i've seen a degree of change maybe i think maybe i could even say a degree of transformation but i believe there's more to come you know there's more of the, the more of the results of the effect of it uh, is still to come and the apostle paul you know he, he was saved in acts chapter 9 on the road to damascus and he t- tells us in the book of galatians he tells us that that he was after his salvation he says I was three years in Arabia Saudi Arabia the believe he was talking about the area of Saudi Arabia three years in Arabia and he talked about another 14 year period where he hadn't had to see the apostles at Jerusalem so and he says various things and so people have took what he said in the book of Galatians took some stuff in the book of Acts and they began to work out the figures and this is what they've come up with, this is what many believe. He gets saved in Acts chapter 9 and he disappears again off the scene. He's not mentioned again to the very end of Acts chapter 12, then going into Acts chapter 13. And the book of Acts was written over a period of 32 years. And that bit in between Paul's salvation, then in Acts chapter 13, when he gets released in his apostolic ministry, in Acts chapter thirteen, it says that the Holy Spirit says, "Separate to me Paul and Barnabas for the work to which I have called them to." So these guys prayed for them, these people at Antioch, and they sent them out to plant churches. You know, to teach the people, to evangelize. But that wee gap in between, in those chapters, it is believed it was fourteen years. It was a fourteen-year period of preparation. But God really began to touch Paul's life so I just want to read a few verses about his salvation and it's Acts chapter 9 starting at verse 1 and it says the Damascus Road. this is ahead and Saul converted and it says as then Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus from the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were on the way whether men or women he might bring them bound to jerusalem as he journeyed he came near damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven mm-hmm. then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him so saul why are you persecuting me and he said who are you lord then the lord said i am jesus whom you are persecuting it is hard for you to kick against the gods so he trembling and astonished said Lord what do you want me to do then the Lord said to him arise and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do so I'll just stop here and I'll start again at verse 7. but this was a man who was persecuting the church and he he, he was passionate about it you know and he got letters from the chief priests and he was even going to other areas to bring them bound to Jerusalem this guy was on a mission you know his mindset was that he, he thought he was doing this for God this is how deceived he was and he tells us in another place when stephen was being martyred you know he says i was standing guard in the courts, and he says when the saints were being put to death he says i was it was was an influential individual within the the the, the israel and he says when when uh, the saints were being put to death he says i was casting my vote against them then he begins to have a supernatural encounter on the damascus road and the lord appeared to him and he saw a great light and a dialogue began to take place with him and, God, with him and uh, jesus they began to have uh, a conversation you know and the people who were with them they heard a voice but they never saw anything see this is a massive change that begins to take place in his life and i'll start here at verse 7 it says the men who journeyed with him stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no one then Saul arose from the ground he, had been, he ended up on the ground and when his eyes were opened he saw no one he went blind because of the brightness of the light but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus and he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank see it was not fasting but such was the encounter he had with Jesus Christ he had no appetite to eat or drink and he couldn't see either such was the brightness of the light start at verse 10 now there was a certain disciple at damascus named ananias and to him the lord said in a vision ananias and he said here i am lord so the lord said to him arise and go to the street called stray and inquire at the house of judah for one called saul of tarsus for behold he is praying and in a vision he has seen a man named ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight then ananias answered lord i have heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in jerusalem and there he has and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name so paul is in one location ananias is in another location they don't know each other they have never met and god begins to speak to the lord begins to speak to ananias in a vision and tells him go to the street called street and tells him exactly where to go to pray for this man paul he'll receive his sight and he'll be filled with the holy spirit and ananias says no because he's persecuting the church and god begins to reveal to ananias that he's now saved and ananias goes and while he's going god speaks to paul in a vision it says and says this man ananias is coming So that's two people who previously didn't know each other connect and there was no human mediator no human mediator at all usually god will use human (coughs) mediators to connect us with each other this was so supernatural there was no human mediator and he goes and he prays for him he receives the holy spirit he receives his sight and starting again at verse 15 he says but the lord said to him this is the lord speaking to ananias again for he has a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. At the very beginning of Paul's salvation, God begins to speak destiny over his life. He's speaking it to Ananias. He says he'll stand before kings, Gentiles, uh, and the children of Israel. And what God was saying was, there's going to be great victories in this man's life. There is going to be great harvest. He had never done anything to earn it. God just chose him, you know, as a vessel. And there's going to be great things that are going to happen in his life. But running along, (laughs) parallel with that, he says he's going to go through seasons of suffering. He says, I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And if we... Of put our trust in Jesus Christ. If we are born again, the Bible tells us this that God has a purpose for us, He has a destiny for us. For it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, God has got good works for each and every one, every person. But running alongside that, we're going to go through trials. The same as the apostle paul the bible is very clear about that in many different places there's going to be pressures there's going to be suffering and god actually uses the suffering to get us to where we need to be i'm not going to get into any of the scriptures for that but that's what the scriptures teach that god will use suffering if you, if you allow him to in your life and my life to get us to where we need to be to prepare us to do the good works in verse 17 it says and ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him he said brother saul the lord jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the holy spirit immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized verse 19 so when he had received food he was strengthened then saul spent some days with the disciples at damascus this is the last verse, so I'll read verse 20. Immediately he preached to Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. So, he says he preached to Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. This was a man who days earlier he was persecuting the people of God, the church of Jesus Christ and what have taken them down to Jerusalem you know casting his vote against them, when they would have been put to death seeing Stephen killed now within days within days he's preaching Christ it's like a 180 degree turnaround you know he's went from one extreme to the next and from one end of the spectrum to the next how is that possible it's possible because of salvation the transformation it brings to uh, the life of the individual you know our spirit being recreated where we were dead in our trespasses but now we have been made alive in christ and you know i said already you know that it was a period of time so paul gets saved in Acts chapter nine we don't hear anything about him to the end of Acts chapter 12. in acts chapter 13 he's released into his calling. you know he's set out to do the work of god but it's really that, that in between, if it was fourteen years, which I believed it was, it's that, that in between what is the most important part. But God really began to pour into him because the Apostle Paul really began to touch a generation. And God began to really touch him in a supernatural way. It, there was a man called Bar Jesus who was was, was standing them. And Paul said to him, Paul pronounced blindness on him, blindness, and that's supernatural. And he couldn't see the sun for a time. The Bible says this is when he began his ministry. He was preaching to the people, and there was a a crippled man listening. It says Paul looked at him and observed that he had faith to be healed. And you spoke over the man's life, and the man was completely healed. You know, this was the anointing that was upon his life. In Acts chapter 16, uh, we recall the Macedonian call. He was with a group of people they were establishing the work of God in different places and they were going to go to one place and it says the spirit did not permit them they were going to go to another place again the spirit did not permit them see God was protecting them God wants to direct our, our steps every step of the way where we go where we don't go then he sees a vision and in that vision it says there was a man from Macedonia again a supernatural encounter and the man says come over here and help us now we don't know if that was a real man and god was just shown him it was a, a metaphor but based on that word that he got from god he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he had to go and start a work in macedonia you know that is quite something through that vision and there's many other encounters he had. he raised a man from the dead you know he delivers a woman from an evil spirit it was a fortune teller he had various visions i was going to mention some but i think i'll just leave some of them and you know the snake fastened his hand they shook it off they prayed for the people in malta see but god had, god had touched them in a way that was supernatural and god had began to fill them up in that time of preparation and it begins to pour back out of them you know david the, the psalmist says this he says my cup runs over See, God wants to fill up our lives, you know, he wants to pour into our lives and it's firstly, first and foremost, it's for us, he wants to restore us, he wants to heal us, he wants us to go spiritually, but as we begin to overflow, that is no longer for us, that's for other people, that's to touch other people and this is what happened in the Apostle Paul's life, God had filled them up that much that it begins to pour back out of them and begins to touch a generation. How do we know that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 it says this, it says, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord because of the abundance, he says, of the revelations a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me It was under the attacks of Satan and he says God was allowing us to humble him because of the abundance of the revelations and in Galatians chapter 1 verse 12 he says this he says for i neither received it from man talk about this gospel the mystery of the gospel for i neither received it from man nor was i taught it but it came through the revelation of jesus christ but paul telling me here? The, the bible wasn't written in his day the new testament wasn't written so paul's saying i never got it out of a book i never got it out of commentary i never got it of any of these other apostles i got it right through the lord the lord poured it into him you know the mysteries of the gospel the unsearchable riches of jesus christ you know and he began to preach it. and this is the thing there's 27 books in the new testament now the apostle paul if you counted the number of books the apostle paul he wrote 13, 13 letters if he wrote the book of hebrews it's 14. so approximately he wrote half of the new testament and see he never just touched his generation but god had poured into him he begins to pour back out and he did touch his generation but he begins to touch future generations because he begins to write these letters and we can partake of that same revelation that he has wrote now it's in here we can begin to deposit it within us, and as God brings that alive, it is absolutely life-changing. See, God wants to fill us up, you know, think that we're overflowing, and it begins to flow back out of us. See, what we're talking about here, or what we're talking about, is really about God, not to understand God and know God, to be some distant God, but a God who wants to encounter each one of us a God who wants to each one of us to experience in a way that is real a way that is supernatural a a way that is authentic you know a way really that is experiential it wants us to have our own experience with him you know the Apostle Paul was just just one example of those in the Bible maybe the primary example but there was many others Within the bible who would encounter god in various ways there's many there's many others within history and there's people today seeing their experience in god in a way that's supernatural and what is the purpose of it it's really it's life changing you know it transforms our lives at a whole other level how does it happen we need to press in for that we need to press in for more of god you know we need to believe by faith you know the hebrews chapter 11 talks about by faith by faith by faith, everything is accessed by faith. it's faith it's trust, it's belief that God will do what He says He's going to do. So I'm just going to pray and uh, hand it back over. But you know, God has got more. I believe He's got more for each one of us. And there's so much we you know we need our eyes opened to see what this Bible is actually saying. For He says this, I've say, just mentioned this scripture again. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. God poured them into him really the mysteries of Christ. You know, he says, I came, I was given a grace that I might preach the unsearchable riches of Christ, and we now can partake of that. See, the apostle has always been, and he's been, and others as well, but now it's our time to press in to know God. So, Father, before you lord and we know there's more there's more to be accessed lord that you are real lord you're supernatural lord a new one you said you'll send the holy spirit and he will come the spirit of truth and lead us into all truth and he'll show us things to come so lord i pray you would awaken a desire within each one of us lord for more of you but you would touch your lives lord in these days lord it says as the deep calls unto the deep lord and if we realize lord we have the deep need lord that means lord that there's got to be a deep remedy lord we have the deep need lord and you are the deep remedy lord just awaken that lord that within us, Lord, that we would know, Lord, there are situations in our life that are impossible, Lord, unless you come through. Lord, I think some people don't even realize the, how serious some situations in their life are, but you are the answer, Lord, and that deep need, Lord, can cry out for the fullness of God. Lord, we can be empty, Lord, there can be parties, but it's empty, Lord, but you are all sufficient, Lord, and the deep, within the heart of man is crying out for the deep of god for the fullness of god so let you awaken that within us today lord pray for each person in here lord that you would touch each life and here lord we know that you are the answer more of you is the answer for our individual lives in the church he says blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness for they shall be filled Lord awaken that within his Lord Jesus Christ is the answer not even the church we're in, Lord but Christ is the answer The relationship with him but you pouring yourself into us in Jesus name Amen